Hey there, everybody out there in podcast land. This is Johnny Ganache along with Sir John. And you may or may not know us, and if you don't know us, that's a problem, because we are the hosts of a great show called Pint O' Comics. What is Pint O' Comics all about, John? Pint O' Comics is a uh, pop culture podcast of everything and beyond. Everything and beyond. Pino Comics. We're not just about them damn funny books. That's our... We're we're, we're throwing that out there as a new slogan. Anyways, you could find us on Libsyn, or you can go to our website, which is www.pintocomics.com, and listen in. We put out new episodes every single week. Candy. Hello. Your weekly podcast bringing you sweet treats of gossip from the fiery world of music. <laughs> That's a pretty good one. Right? That was yeah. good. I did good. Thematic. Yeah. We're your two beer drinking hosts. I'm Maggie. I'm Ashley. And this week we have a fun and exciting episode to finish up Pride Month. Yes. One more. Un mas. And yeah. we'll be discussing... Beth Ditto Woo! of the gossip of the gossip. It the. is the gossip, right? Um, they changed it to just gossip after they started getting a little bit famous. But I, huh. I say the gossip. Interesting. Oh, because it OG sounds like better. that. Because I'm OG and <laughs> it sounds better. All right, that's fair. I'll right. allow it. I guess. All right. Sure. I'm yeah. just. I'm gonna go with the gossip. So. All right. That's fine. Cool. Uh, and tonight to accompany us on this journey. Uh, we've got two beers. The yes. first is Wake Up Call from Peak Skill Brewery. Brewery. Peak Skill Peak. Brewery. You know Peak I can't Skill say that brewery. word. Peak brewery. Skill brewery. 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 Which we haven't drank yet. It's a coffee pale ale. I'm excited to. Yeah, we're going to crack that one open. Put in that a in my cup after we finish up the other one, which is Firewater from Evil Twin Brewing, which is really fiery. Which is melting your esophagus right now. Oh, I'm going to have the worst heartburn tonight. Oh, yeah. This is just a bottle of heartburn. It's delicious, but you're basically... It, it, it aptly named. Yeah, it's pale ale brewed with jalapenos. So, you gotta say it like that. Jalapenos. Jalapenos from Evil Twin Brewery. <laughs> Fuck you. I don't want to say words right anyway. Don't know me. We always say at least one word wrong. Oh, at least. So. Keep count. Fine. Keep count at home, kids. Let us know. <laughs> Turn it into a drinking game if you, you could. so choose. At us if you do. <laughs> but yes, I am I am kind of dying. When oh, I drink I'm sorry. This. Do you want me to finish? Yeah, it? I might I might <laughs> well wait, are you just gonna chug it now? No, I'm gonna put it in my glass. Oh. Wait, you can't fit all that in your glass. You want That's you want, what she said. You want a bit? Damn. Huh. See? Proud of you. I'm a professional. She is a professional. I'm going to open up this one before we start. <laughs> okay. Because I'm dying. That one might be good. It's oh, no. This co- it's coffee pale ale. I do. I do enjoy a coffee pale ale. I want to try it, though. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm not going gonna, not gonna to hog the whole thing. When I'm done sucking down this fire water. It is legit fire water. I mean, also, too, I'm not... I, I tend to not do well with spice, so... Me either. Oh. At all. I'm not a, I'm not a spicy lady. You're, you're, you're spacey. In personality. Ooh. <laughs> you know what else is spicy? 
Beth Ditto. Yeah! She really is. She is a spicy, spicy lady. And I have been listening to a lot of her music and Gossip's music and everything lately. I really enjoyed these past two episodes because the music has been great for summer. Yeah. Super summer tunes. And Gossip is very punk dance. Yeah. Dance punk, Yo, disco Yo, I love funk. me some... Yeah. Dance punk, disco funk. Mm, I like yes. that. We're doing it. We're going okay. with it. But yeah, um, I've been listening to the gossip for a pretty long time. That's not a brag. Maybe a <laughs> humble hum- brag. Humble brag. Um, but like they were my jam back in college, two thousand four ish. Yeah, that's when they really long were getting off the ground. Ago. I think. Yeah. yeah. When they were really into that that northwest scene, indie scene. Sure. They were, they were totally a part of that. Sure. It's a thing. I swear. I start I listening to gossip when I start playing roller derby. The that same with sense. like La Tigra and that Bikini Kill. Yeah, there's there's a Venn diagram for that shit. Yeah, and it's roller derby and Riot Girl music. Yeah, and it's mostly all in the middle. Yeah, <laughs> that makes total sense. I believe you. Yes. <laughs> so, so, but I'm, I'm familiar. I have done Ben familiar, but I really haven't known anything about her life. Yeah. In fact, when you told me that Beth Ditto was a lesbian, I was like. Really? I didn't know that. <laughs> so. Honestly, I wasn't entirely sure either until very recently because she got married to a woman mm. a few years ago. And you're like, I, well, that'll do I it. I was like, all right, now I know. But like up until then, I knew she was, you know, queer friendly. Yeah. And oh, yeah. maybe identified herself as queer in some way, but we weren't entirely sure. So let's get to it. Yeah. All right. Well, Beth Ditto is a loud and proud Southern girl from a small town called Searcy, Arkansas. Searcy, though. Searcy, Arkansas. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Born in 1981, she grew up the middle child in a very large family. She has two older brothers, one older sister, one younger sister, and two younger brothers. She says that in one of her songs, but like a lot more eloquently. Yeah, probably. It's like, Four sisters. Two brothers. <laughs> but she has four brothers. Oh, I fucked it up. Four brothers, two... Uh, whatever. No, she has four brothers, two sisters. So Switch then it's... Two sisters, four brothers, hard worker, like my mother, or something like that. Oh, fuck, what song is that? It's one of her songs off her new album. You know, it doesn't matter. Ignore me. I don't know. Ignore me! <laughs> in and out? Maybe in and out. Anyway, keep going. Anyway... She always describes her family as extremely Southern, like Deep Woods, no TV Southern. Whoa. Like real, real Southern. She even caused a stir around 2007 when she claimed that her family was so Southern that they often ate squirrel. I mean. Like people lost their shit over that. Really? Yeah. Why? Because apparently. People eat squirrel. Yeah. Waste not, want not, motherfuckers. It is a thing. They are plentiful. Oh, I've considered eating squirrels because we have so many fucking squirrels. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of them, but they carry diseases. That's kind of gross. Yeah, I wouldn't actually do it. I don't think. Yeah. Uh, but her father wasn't in the picture growing up, so a family of seven children being raised by a single mother wasn't exactly well off. Yeah. Especially in Deep Woods, Arkansas, probably not making a whole lot of money. Oh, oh no. No, not at all. Uh, they lived in a two-bedroom house and didn't have cable or a telephone, but from the sounds of it, 
Their household was super fun. She spent a majority of her time outside playing in the mud and stuff like that. You want to know why? Because that's what you do when you don't have cable. You play outside in the mud. That's what you do even when you have cable. Oh. You should do that. Oh, well, I did it anyway. Because I didn't have cable. (laughs) And you just like mud. That's fun. Mud child. Mud child. (laughs) (laughs) Drove my mother crazy. Um, and her mom would blast I Wanna Sex You Up by Color Me Bad when it was time to clean the house. She said that that was her mom's cleanup jam. That's amazing. Right? Oh. So kind of a really, like, deep southern, but also pretty unconventional from the sounds of it. It kind of sounds like she has a sitcom family. Yeah. Like, they can make a sitcom out of this. Well, at this point, reality show. But in the 90s, sitcom. Right. Like, Arkansas fa- Full House. Arkansas, ha- we'll, we'll come up with a name. Yeah. We'll, we'll come up with something real good. It'll be great. Then we can shop it around. Don't take our ideas. Oh, they're taking our ideas. I'll slap the you. The 12 people listen to us, they're going to take our ideas. <laughs> Don't do it, please. And also, we got to make money. Because <laughs> it's not it's not happening this way. <laughs> no. And, and arguably, it's not happening with our regular jobs either. <laughs> True. Although not religious these days, Beth grew up in a religious household, Pentecostal to be exact. Yeah. Woof. (laughs) Beth's family. Woof. Woof. Her grandmother dragged her and her siblings to church every Sunday, but to be fair, it kind of sounded like a fun time. Her grandmother would really get into it, jumping around like a crazy lady and speaking in tongues. Whoa. That's Pentecostal for you. Right? Yo, did they have the snakes? Oh, I don't know. Probably. If there were more snakes at church, I might go. That, that yeah. I would I would like to see if that. If there were more people getting bit by snakes at church, you know I would what? probably go. I would only want to go if it was like Britney with her snake on stage at the MTV Awards. Oh my if <laughs> but some, it's a priest if some and priest... instead of his vestiges, it's just a fucking snack. A snack with a no t- step on with snack. a midriff tank top. Oh, <laughs> and a sparkly skirt. I think I just made church appealing again. <laughs> Thanks, Brittany. <laughs> um, but yeah, like watching her grandmother kind of jump around and be nuts on stage kind of makes me think that that that's like foreshadowing for Beth's on stage persona. Oh yeah, for sure. Because even though she's not religious. Church definitely influenced her. Right. Not necessarily in the praise the Lord kind of way, but in the entertainment kind of way. Well, and I grew up Catholic, so I don't have this from my... You were real bored every Sunday. Yes. Oh, shit. Yes. And you felt like garbage after you got out of there. Yes. Oh, my God. I was the worst person in the world. And I was really tired and bored. And you're never allowed to have fun. Oh my god, did I have fun today? Oh, I better say like 20 Hail Marys. <laughs> yeah, right? I actually used to know how to do my rosary beads too. Like that's how fucking Catholic I was. Anyway. Um, but the southern sects of Christianity, I guess I shouldn't say southern because, you know, maybe Methodists have fun. I don't know. I've never <laughs> been to a Methodist church. <laughs> I don't think so. They okay. have fun. They have a good time. But Baptists do have fun. Like, they get into it. Baptist they all shit sing. is fun. They all dance. And you don't even realize it until you start hearing Jesus and God. And you're like, oh, wait, nope. I see what you're doing here. Yeah. Well, I recently went to a Southern Baptist wedding. 
that happened in in upstate New York, which yeah. is kind of weird. But they still brought it. Oh, it yeah. was fun, and it, weddings are nice, but they're not really fun no. unless you get really hammered. And we weren't getting really hammered <laughs> <laughs> because it was a bunch of adults, and you know, it was, it was too a, hammered. It was an adult wedding. It yeah. wasn't a, a younger folk wedding. Um, the groom brought all of his family from Virginia who were uh, super Baptists, and everybody was on the dance floor. Everybody was drinking. Everybody was shouting. Everybody was like praying in the middle of a song, like a Whitney Houston song or oh, something. Yes. I'm like, I don't even mind this. This is fun. <laughs> this is a good time. See, I'm okay with this. Other side of the coin. I went to a Baptist wedding in New Jersey for Indian people. That's weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you don't see that very often. Uh, India, the country, I'm sorry. It was very, the woman needs to know her place. And they had sweet jams. But if you listen to the music, it was all, you know, dance for Jesus kind of music. Oh. And it was a dry wedding. Oh. Yeah. Why did you go to this? Because it was one of Mike's really good friends. And we're, I'm supportive. So they're, you know what, religion's, religion's crazy. Religion is but, very weird. But like you said, I agree that there is definitely a side to especially Baptists and a lot of Southern sects of Christianity where it's very performative. Yeah. So yeah, she probably and, got a lot from there. And honestly, even the Quakers, they're named Quakers because of their weird dancing That's that right. they would do. Because they would quake all over the place. But really, they were jumping around and like speaking in tongues and shit like that. Just you don't think of that when you think of the Quakers. You think yeah. of extremely plain, very stoic, and very serious people. Oatmeal. And oatmeal. Mostly oatmeal. Yeah. 90% oatmeal. <laughs> I mean, they were about as plain as oatmeal, so. <laughs> the price is wrong. <laughs> the price is wrong. Sorry, Quakers. Oh. So, like we said, her grandmother sounds like a pretty interesting lady. Not only was she overcome with the Holy Spirit every Sunday, but she was also super backwoods. She nice. hauled logs and tended garden and apparently married the town drunk, even what? though even though she never drank or even cursed herself. That's cute. All right? I married the town drunk. It's like, I can save him. Did she? I don't know. Ooh, I'm going to say that she did. That's the story I've decided to put yeah. in my head. That's the story. We're sticking to it. But in contrast to this hardworking way of life, her family was still very Southern and still very much taught that the Southern Belle stereotype was real. Mm. She was taught to be pretty and polite, which she had a hard time with because she wasn't the feminine stereotype. She was bigger than her sisters and her friends and grew up very aware of this fact. Mm. Because back then, people made sure you knew if you were fat, you were fat. Oh, yeah. Um, Especially if it was your family. Oh, yeah. Do you, do you really need that cookie, though? Do you yeah. really need yeah. it? You should wear a shirt when you go swimming. Yeah. Maybe you shouldn't wear a bathing suit that that's, that's so revealing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when I was a kid, I knew I was a chubby kid. Right. And nobody ever said anything to me about it, but I was always very aware of the fact that I was bigger. Right. I definitely wore a t-shirt to the public pool. When, were, yeah. After a certain age, when I became Middle school. A, yeah. I was like, mm. When I got tits... 
t-shirt. It was t-shirt time. It's all over when you get tits. Oh, I got tits before everybody. And I just, you know what it is? It's because when you're that age, a lot of girls start saying, I'm so fat. And when you see girls who you know objectively are smaller than you saying they're fat, you're like, then what am I? I still do that. Yeah. All the time. I know. <laughs> I, I, I'm i trying to get better about it. Because you know what? Fuck you. I should like myself. We should like ourselves. You're like the biggest perpetrator of it. I know I am. <laughs> I'm trying really hard not to be. I'm sorry. That's why I'm there. That's not why I'm there. That's why every that's time you say of... something like that, all of us are like, shut up. I'm sorry. <laughs> but then like, hold up. Because then how many girls do you think are smaller than me saying that? And I'm like, oh, oh yeah. God. Oh, yeah. It's a fucking domino effect. Yeah. We need to stop. Stop it, ladies. Or if we're saying you're fat, you can say it in a positive way. Yeah, I'm fat and I love it. Exactly. Which we'll get to that, too. Mm-hmm. So compounding this was the nerd stereotype. But to me, it sounds like she was pretty okay with this label. Hmm. She went to a very small school where she had an experience a lot like my own. Going to a small school means it's a lot harder to have clicks. You would think it would be easier. It's not. It's a lot harder because there's so few kids. Right. That how big are the clicks going to be if you are in a class of 50 people? Like popular kids, nerds, jocks, outcasts, all these stereotypes don't really exist because everyone knows each other. There's not really enough students for these groups to exist. So... You still have, like, people who are a bit nerdier, people who are a bit gother, people who are, you know, a bit more popular than you, but yeah, it's never a separate group. Like, I was friends with everybody, even though I was one of the idiot goth kids wearing jinkos <laughs> and spiked collars. <laughs> there were a couple of you. There were a, a small handful, I would say. There were probably... Five of us that really dress like that, but in our group of people, group of friends, we had a bunch of people in that group, but they were also parts of other groups too. Yeah. So, like, small schools are weird. Yeah. Clicks don't exist in small ass backwoods cornfield. You can't do it. Places. It's not happening. It doesn't work. But despite that, she still kind of felt like an outcast. She knew that she was gay by the time she was five years old. So growing up in a super religious household in a very small southern town wasn't exactly ideal for a gay person. No. But she was loud and vivacious and didn't have a problem making friends. When she was 17, she met her longtime best friend, Nathan Howdeschel, another weird nerd from Arkansas that grew up in a religious household. And in 1999, after high school was over, she moved to Olympia, Washington with Nathan, who later went by a stage name, Brace Payne, which <laughs> kick, just kills me every time. Brace Payne. And their friend, Kathy Bo- Mendonca. I don't know you how- You did not say that right. I did not. I don't even know what it looks like, but I know you didn't say it right. Yeah. Well, the Sorry, C, Kathy. The C on the end of her name has that little tail, like oh, in no. Francais. So I have no fucking clue how to pronounce her last name. I'm sorry I butchered it, but get a better last name. Damn. (laughs) All three were originally from Arkansas, but Kathy had moved to Olympia to attend college. Mm -hmm. So shortly after, Beth and Nathan followed her. The three ended up living together and started playing together as well. And soon enough, they formed their own band, which they called The Gossip. Yay! And somehow it really didn't take long for the gossip to take off. A lot of it had to do with Beth and her absolutely amazing voice. Yeah. 
She has a gorgeous voice with a wide range, almost always pitch perfect, like she could sing anything. But there's also that soulful melancholy attached to it. Yeah. But she also has that punk growl, albeit a perfectly pitched one. (laughs) And she once said to a reporter, I could never have that meek little wispy, whimsical lavender and lace voice. No. The way she belts is just... Ugh, she it's awe-inspiring. I wish it. I could belt like that. And she has so much emotion behind it that yeah. you can't help. You fucking feel it. You listen to them. You're like, yep, yeah. yeah, I feel, I feel what you're feeling. Yeah, my god. Um, if any, if there's any gossip song that you go and listen to after this, if you've never heard them before, find your mangled heart hmm. and listen to that one because she fucking loses it <laughs> in that song, and. Like, the the best parts of her voice come through. Oh, that's a good I point. Think. Yeah. No, you're right. It's a really good one. I also really like that quote. I could never have that meek little wispy whimsical lavender and lace voice. She has an adorable southern a accent. So southern. It's and ridiculous. It's, it's funny because I think she lost a bit of it since she's, you know, moved yeah. out of the south. But she's still... It's in there, and when she gets really yeah. talking, I've listened to a couple interviews. She can and still she just, like, slip it right just into pops it. right like, hello. Yeah. <laughs> or should I say, hey y'all, fancy? I got that fancy southern voice. Oh my god, I would love to hear her sing "Fancy" by Reba McIntyre. Oh, do you remember that song? Yes. I just, I totally forgot about this song, and now I'm gonna have it stuck in my head. I fucking love that song. Good, <laughs> fucking listen to that when we're done. <laughs> fancy on repeat. Here's your one chance, fancy. Don't let me down. See, I don't remember any of the words. That, that's the only oh, part okay. I know. Like, and then she you're repeats looking, the same line. If you're looking to me to pick it up, I'm just going to leave it here on the ground. Sorry. We'll leave it there for now. We'll pick it up later. Yes. <laughs> we are talking about you, Reba. We'll get to you later. So the burgeoning music scene in Olympia certainly helped them gain popularity as well. And it wasn't long before Olympia-based K Records took notice of the band and signed them. This was all in 1999. I was going to ask, this is like the tail end of the Riot Girl yes. group as well. Yes. So they're kind of hitching on the tail of that, I believe. It's like Riot Girl came and went. This is the very tail end of the Riot Girl. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, the whole um, Seattle area, Portland, Oregon, um, indie rock scene started. Yeah. And that, I think, kind of grew out of the ashes of Riot Girl. Yeah. I mean, I know that Beth Ditto definitely references Kathleen Hanna as a yeah. huge influence. She really, really wanted to be Kathleen Hanna. And but she, who doesn't? Yeah. Really? Really? You should wanna. Yeah. Um, and they loved grunge from Seattle. They loved Nirvana. Kurt Cobain was a huge in- influence on them, too. So they had a lot of these Riot Girl influences. And these record labels were around back during the Riot Girl movement and they were still around but they were signing on all of these indie bands now. Right. So they had this was all in 1999. They had just moved to Olympia and just started the band and already had an indie record label that was releasing their first EP and they were about to go on tour with the patron patron saints of indie feminist rock Sleater Kinney. Oh my gosh. First fucking tour they're opening Are you for Sleater Kinney. Me? Yeah. That's a fucking dream. For anybody at that time Absolutely. period trying to make it. Sleater Kinney are fantastic. Should do we'll, a story on them, too. Oh, we'll get there. We'll get to them. We'll get to them. So I did not get to cover them as much as I would have liked in Riot Girl, so. 
I think they deserve their own episode, for sure. You earned it, Slater Kinney. They then released a full-length album, That's Not What I Heard, in 2001, followed by another EP called Arkansas Heat in 2002. But it was their next album, Movement, that was released in 2003 that started getting the band some real recognition. When it is all said and done, this is a punk album. Yeah, they're based in Olympia, which is basically a giant indie band circle jerk in city form, <laughs> and signed to one of the most indie... <laughs> You like that one? <laughs> oh, but it's true. It really oh. <laughs> <laughs> and they were assigned to one of the most indie-centric labels, West of Saddle Creek Records. But movement doesn't really sound like that. It sounds like sweaty 20-somethings half-drunk hard dancing in the basement of a house where 20 college students live. And that's exactly how I listened to them. I was going to say. So your college experience. This was my college experience, yes. There you go. <laughs> This was everything to me when I was in college. And although gossip were gaining traction, Kathy decided it was time to move on. And in November 2003, she left the band in order to pursue a career as a midwife. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Why, why with all these people trying to be midwives? I don't really understand. It's weird. Huh. I mean, also, you're in a really successful band. Well, at this point... I don't point- know if I'd walk away and be like, you know what, though, guys... Gotta deliver some babies. That's my call. You know what? I'm just gonna leave it. Put on the floor next to Reba. We'll pick you up later. Pick you up later. Uh, (laughs) We'll Uber you later. (laughs) Call you a Lyft later. Um, But they quickly found a new drummer in Hannah Bliley. Yes. That's what I'm going with. I like it. And she was actually a pretty established punk drummer at this point. She had oh. already worked with a slew of other punk bands. And her brother was also in another band called Blood Brothers. Oh. Yeah, he was one of the singers in Blood Brothers. Um, with Hannah now in the lineup, they went back into the studio to record their third album. They worked with Ryan Hadlock and Guy Pucciato. Pucciato. Singer and guitarist for Fugazi. Oh, Nice. Uh, One of these sessions, out of these sessions, came standing in the way of control. Yes. Arguably, even though they were working with one of the most well-respected punk musicians in the industry, standing in the way of control focused a lot more on dance rhythms and disco beats than Mm -hmm. punk. Movement. I I love movement because it really sounded like they kind of recorded it in somebody's basement. (laughs) There's even a song on it called Jason's Basement. Oh, yeah. Which is one of my favorite gossip songs. It still sounds like a punk album, but you can fucking dance to it. Right. They got some dancey jams on that one. Standing in the Way of Control builds off of that. They kind of lose the punk element a little bit, but that's kind of fine because they're going in a direction that makes sense. Yeah. Because I agree with you. It doesn't sound punk on the surface, but if you really think about it, it is pretty punk in like lyrical content and just... Yeah, they're because they're not quite electronic. They're not quite indie. They're not quite rock. Right. They're doing their own thing. Which what's more punk than you being like, I'm just gonna do what I fucking want, and you right. can eat a dick if you don't like it. Right. And that's pretty much what they were saying. Exactly. So Beth started branching out with lyrical themes on this album as well. Mm-hmm. She had in the past written a lot of songs about feminism and the tendency for women to tear each other down. Mm. And naturally, there's a few of those on this album. But she also included songs about gay rights. 
The title track can be viewed as a call to arms for the queer population, encouraging them to stand up for their rights. Oh. I yeah. Listen that. to it again. Yeah. And you can kind of. I have to admit, I don't out. listen to. I haven't. I really kind of skimmed through their earlier stuff. Mm-hmm. I've like got a handful of those, but their the later stuff, stuff is so bit. much better. I like it better. Well, it's also what you. Those were my grew jams back back in the day, back when I was a wee Ashley. Wee Ashley. <laughs> Going to college and being weirdly straight edge. <laughs> weirdly <laughs> straight edge. <laughs> <laughs> New band name, weirdly straight. Weirdly edge. straight edge. Also not straight edge at also, all. Also, also, and we'll just write songs about drinking juice boxes, <laughs> different types of juice, like my Capri Suns and my oh, Juicy fuck. Juice. Hell yeah! How many juice box brands can you name? At uh, Adam and Eve. Ooh, that's three. Mots. Uh, oh, Mots. We're on four. Are there any more? There's got to be more. Oh, do you remember? Um, Ooh, what were they? They were in the plastic. Mondo. Oh my god, yes. Um, Ecto Gushers. Wait, got not Gushers. Squeeze them. Squeeze it. They're what Mondos were based off of them. They're like yeah. squeeze it. Yeah, I think they're squeeze it. Does that? But do those count as juice boxes? I would say so. All right, you can put them in a lunchbox. They count as a juice box. If you drank them with your lunch at lunchtime, it's a juice box. All right, that's the criteria. Would you count you who? Yeah, it's in a box. And it's made of water. But it's not juice. <laughs> also, not good when it's warm. Yo, can we make up a song oh. about how gross Yoo-Hoo is? Oh. I'm really oh, now, oh, now I'm thinking about how parents used to put milk in your thermos. And by the time you drank it at lunch, it was it was warm. Thermoses did nothing back in 1980-whatever. My parents did not put milk in my thermos because I've never liked milk. Milk is disgusting. Ugh. Ugh. Anyway. Milk was a bad choice. It, it's always a bad choice. It's a wrong choice. <laughs> <laughs> so they got noticed for the pro-gay messages after the album came out and the gay community embraced them, especially Beth because of her attitude and outspoken support of the gay community. Gossip also started to get noticed for their high energy shows. Of course. Beth was a ball of fire on the stage. She's a big girl and she admits and embraces that. And she would more often than not strip down to her underwear on stage, unashamed and proud of her body. Nice. She kind of became a pillar of support for fat girls around the world, especially later when she would become more famous because she was outspokenly okay with being fat. Right. She wanted girls to see that fat shaming was not okay, but loving yourself was. She didn't care if you saw her back rolls or her belly hanging out of her pants. She was damn proud of it. Right. And she became really well known for this. Like, every show that she would play at, she was sweaty and just exhausted (laughs) and just screaming into a microphone and basically naked. Oh, my God. And people fucking loved it. (laughs) I did listen to um, an interview with her today on this podcast. I think it was called Sagittarian Matters. And she does. She does really talk about how fuck it, I'm fat, I don't care, like, I love it, I yeah. love my body, you should look who you are, um, girls shouldn't be tearing girls down, like, all these things that you're talking about, she still very much preaches today, yeah. which is great, and there isn't enough of it, and when I listened to it, I felt bad, I was like, I'm a bad woman, I'm not nice to other women, I'm not nice to myself, she's like yeah. the gold star standard we of always, what you should aim to be. Yeah, and we always, we 
often fall into that trap of being mean to each other. And it, it happens all the time. But you can get yourself out of it. Right. It's natural to feel like that. It's natural to just judge people just because you want to make yourself feel better. Right. But you can get yourself out of that and be like, nope, not doing it. She looks fucking great. It's great. Period. I don't care that I'm jealous. There you go. Yeah. You're beautiful. <laughs> but then I shouldn't even be jealous because I'm beautiful too. Yeah. It's James Blunt bitch. <laughs> You're James be- Blunt bitch. You're beautiful. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yes. Yes. But I found a really good quote from her. It's kind of long, but I think it's important to read the whole thing. All right, I'm and here this, for it. This quote is from more recently, but it's her talking about her influence on like fat acceptance and stuff. She said, the fat acceptance movement caught a lot of steam and has taken off in a beautiful way, and it's really cool. And part of being an adult is seeing how the movement has moved on from me. Ten years ago, I was having these conversations that are now ten years old. What I'm seeing now is there is a lot of conversation about feminism, how we need to make it intersectional, and that has to be the priority. We are seeing a lot of conventional beauty ideas being put onto the fat movement, Mm. and that is neither helpful nor the point. Coming from a punk scene, it was never about beauty for me anyway. It's not about making fashion except you. Like right now, Ashley Graham has gotten a lot of backlash because people say she's not fat enough. (laughs) And not everyone is an hourglass, but she is and people should shut up. (laughs) They blame her instead of the industry. And that's really true. And it's, it's very good points. It's really not about making the fashion except you. It's about you changing the way fashion thinks. Right. You know what I mean? And just because Ashley Graham doesn't represent every fat person on the planet doesn't mean it's not okay for her to be a model. I'm not even going to lie. I'm guilty of that. I've yeah. definitely been on tour and been like, she's not that big. Yeah. She's definitely smaller than well, I mean, me. Well, but I'm sure that they airbrush anyway. And Well, there's definitely garbage. something to be said about when places like Torrid only use models that look like bigger versions of skinny models yeah. that have boobs and have hips, but also tiny waists and flat stomachs. Yeah. If you're only using models like that, you are not being inclusive. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. So it would be nice if Torrid used a model that has a belly hang. Right. That would be nice. The same with like Lane Bryant. Yeah. Oh, there's some other, it's another company I'm thinking of. Is it like Dressily or one of them? It has like plus size stuff, yep, but they Dress don't Lily does. look. And they're, and they, they, their clothes are unrealistic. And it's so funny to me because they still make clothes for girls with tiny boobs. When it's like, no, I got huge boobs. I want I want them yeah. concealed. I want the, I want to know that they're not going to slip out. Yeah. Or so stop fucking making fucking tops that are going to make my nips hang out. Yeah. Or they they make tops for people with gigantic boobs and tiny waist. I'm like. How is this? How how am this I? This is helpful. This is just elastic everything. Yes, please, <laughs> and a peplum bottom. That's all I'm asking for. Um, but earlier you had said how she didn't identify as feminine and stuff, and it's funny listening to that quote because I feel like when I look at her, I think she is very feminine. Yeah, I think now she does identify more with her feminine side Mm. because usually when you see more recent pictures of her within the last like 10 years years, um 
she's always wearing dresses. She does the makeup. She does the hair. She does jewelry. She does, you know, hourglass figure all the time. And I think she's moved on from the more punk aesthetic. I think back in the day, it was more like, I'm fat and whatever. I don't feel like a woman, really, but I don't give a shit if you see all my fat everywhere. So I'm just going to go for it. Yeah. But now I think she, now that she's more involved with the fashion industry and trying to change the way the fashion industry kind of works Mm. from the inside, then I think she's now kind of feeling herself more. Yeah. And I give her credit too, because in the fashion industry, if I looked up some of her clothes, some of her fashion lines. They're cute. They're very cute. And not only that, but she does even in that break, you know, quote unquote, the rules. Yeah, because she, she'll wear those big flowy dresses and not give a fuck because you know what yeah. they say like oh you're bigger you need to cinch your waist you need yeah. to do this like all these things that I've always been told like oh you know you can't wear this like this you need to pinch it back you need to do that yeah and or else you're gonna look fat and blah 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 and she's like I don't give a shit this is comfy and I'll look cute yeah and she wears a lot of bodycon dresses yeah. which as a fat person you're not supposed to do that you're not supposed to wear vertical stripes. You're not supposed to do this and that and the other thing. But. Right. And she just does it and she yeah. doesn't give a shit. And she makes her clothes like that because she's, I like that she practices what she preaches. Right. And says, no, I'm not going to do this. You shouldn't have to do it either. Yeah. We and, don't have to conform. And granted, not every woman is going to be feel comfortable wearing a bodycon dress. Right. And that's fine. But I, we'll get into it later. She makes clothes with her clothing line that everybody can wear if you don't want to wear the bodycon dress well there's an a-line dress yeah that you can wear instead so gotta love an a-line she thinks of everybody oh standing in the way of control was a huge hit in the uk oh not okay not so much in the united states but in the uk they fucking love the gossip the album went gold Wow. Over there. And then they signed with Music with a Twist, a subsidiary of Sony Music that concentrated on LGBT music acts. This helped them. Right? (laughs) And this was a while ago. So, yeah, pretty woke. Um, This this helped them get onto a lot of really big tours and show rosters. They would play with major names like Cyndi Lauper, La Tigra, Debbie Harry, and Scissor Sisters. And even closed the 2007 Glastonbury Festival, which is kind of a big deal. Yeah. The Glastonbury I... Festival is um, a really huge, like, multi-day festival I believe I was in Ireland when it happened. I didn't go to it, obviously. And people were... Bitches made a big fucking yeah. deal of it. It was it was a big to-do, so to say. <laughs> it was a to-do. Could you imagine, oh my god, watching the gossip, Debbie Harry, Scissor Sisters, La Tigra. That's a show. That's a fucking show. <laughs> that is a real show. That's a good-ass show. I'm going to play it in my head. Sonny, <laughs> go. They also worked with Rick Rubin. On a live album called Live from Liverpool. Because who hasn't worked with, with Rick, Rick Rubin? Rubin. I want to make a fucking Rick Rubin drinking game. I think from now on we should have little fucking cans. And when we like, so Rick Rubin got to do a shotgun. Hold on. From now on, shotguns for Rick Rubin. Shotguns for Rubin. Shotguns for Rubin. (laughs) It's like not even a a 
like special thing anymore to work with Rick Rubin. <laughs> he is such a <laughs> music whore. He doesn't even care. So guess who they worked with? Was it Rick Rubin? Yep. There Not you go. Surprised. Not surprised. So this is when Beth starts causing quite a stir. In 2007, now that they have all this newfound popularity mm-hmm. in Britain and Europe, really, um, they start getting like media attention. Mm. So magazine covers mm-hmm. and played on the radio mm-hmm. and paparazzi and I know all where you're this going shit. With this. So in 2007, Beth posed nude for the cover of NME magazine. You can't really see any of her naughty bits. Naughty bits. But it definitely gets your attention. Because here is a woman who is not a stick figure, rolls and glorious everything all mm. hanging out, posing nude on the cover of a major magazine. Right. And there were a lot of different reactions to this cover, ranging from celebration to total rage. Oh, oh, the <laughs> rage. The rage was real. The fat shaming that came out of this hit new heights. I'm actually glad you brought this up because, again, when I was living in Ireland in 2007 in the summer, I remember the first time I saw Beth Ditto was on the cover of a tabloid. Mm-hmm. And it was like, Beth Ditto so fucking fat. It didn't say that exactly. But that's basically that was what they the were sentiment. saying. So that's why I initially thought years ago that Beth Ditto was British because, yo, them British tabloids are merciless. They're nasty. They are not nice. No. We, I think in America, we hold back a little bit. Like, we understand there are certain things that are off limits. Not in Britain. We're they don't more, give a fuck. I feel like tabloids here are more focused on when you get married, when you have kids. Oh, who when, cheated on who? Who'd you cheat on? Who's dying? You know? <laughs> Who's dying? Who's dying? <laughs> <laughs> That's what they all sound like in the that, newsroom, by the way. And for some reason, now they're obsessed with the British royal family. Uh, which I don't, the I, British, you know what? The British tabloids aren't even obsessed with the British I, royal I family. I don't give a shit anymore. Again, <laughs> when I went to Europe and they're like, why do you fuckers give such a shit? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. We but got like, rid of them 200 years ago and now we gotta get them back. <laughs> We all just have to pretend like we're friends and we don't understand. But yeah, so the fucking, the rage was real. Oh, it was ridiculous. I can only imagine what it was like to be in the UK at that point when this came out. I remember when this, I remember seeing this for the first time. I believe I was still in college and I was like, fuck yes. Yeah. This is amazing. Yeah. Probably it's still totally photoshopped in some way. But yes, right. thank God. And everybody's going to bitch and complain about it, but I'm so glad that they put her on the cover fucking naked. Yes, it was so awesome. And that's why I noticed her in the tabloids, because like, oh, she's so fucking fat. And I was like, Is look she? at her. <laughs> she looked good. Yeah. Like, she's well she put got together. She looks poppin'. fierce. Like, she looked fantastic. I didn't see the cover, but it was just like a picture of her just walking, because it's tabloids. But yeah. yeah, it was just such a... She caught my attention because I was like, she's clearly a personality mm-hmm. who's a bigger girl and doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. And that's what I need more of in and my life. And has the balls to do something like this. Yes. So some celebrated the fact that a large woman with plainly visible fat rolls was gracing the cover of a major magazine in the nude. But others were dicks, of course, and fat shamed her, like we just said. Mm-hmm. Beth is in his tiny stick figure and people can't handle that. They're not ready for that jelly. They are not. They can't handle it. 
Because it must be jelly because jam don't shave. (laughs) At this point, gossip was poised for major stardom. They would kind of see it with their next album, although not in the United States uh, still. Mm. Their fourth studio album, Music for Men, was released in June 2009, and their single, Heavy Cross, was extremely popular in Germany, of all places. (laughs) Okay. Because for some reason, every once in a while, one song... From one American band is totally looked over in the United States, but the Germans fucking love it. Germans are like, have you heard this shit? I'm not even going to try to fake a German accent. You're welcome, Germany. But yeah, you're right. At least one country in Europe, usually Germany, sometimes Switzerland, you know, sometimes like a little, even England, whatever, UK, they'll find a song and be like, this shit's hot. Yeah. Why aren't you jumping on this? Fine. It's ours. We'll take it. You're welcome. <laughs> and actually, Music for Men is the album that I kind of jumped on years it's, later, it's but, but it's yeah. the album that I kind of really associate gossip with. Yeah. So for some reason, it was really popular over there. And it was certified triple gold, Damn. selling over 450,000 copies, and is apparently the longest selling song in German chart history, having spent 82 consecutive weeks within the German top 100. Even beyond anything that Hasselhoff's put out? Yeah. The gossip beat the Hoff. <laughs> the gossip beat the Hoff. <laughs> that might be the name of the episode. <laughs> the gossip beat the Hoff. I'm going to write that down. Fantastic. Oh my god. Heavy Cross would become their most prolific, albeit most radio-friendly single to date. Most most probably know it best as a background music to a Dior Jador perfume ad on TV. Uh, I have never heard it before. Again, first time I heard it, Roller Derby. Yeah. And I was like, this is a good song. What is this? (laughs) What's the gossip? I don't know What's Bikini Kill? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then, like, a lot of years later, I'm like, yo, this shit's my jam. I'm doing the roller derby. <laughs> I did the roller derbies. It was, I did the, I did it okay. You did the roller derby just to get new music to listen to. I did. That's that's all it was. And to wear fishnets. Yeah. A lot of fishnet burn. Yeah, you don't need an excuse to wear fishnets. Just wear them every day. It doesn't matter. I love fishnets. I feel like I don't pull off fishnets. Why? I don't know. You know what? I don't have enough occasions to well, wear them. That's the thing. Everyone can pull off fishnets. I guess I feel like there's not enough opportunity to wear fishnets. Yes. You just need the right shoes so it doesn't oh, look like you're trying it. to look like a hooker. That's it. Yeah. You can't have fishnets with them peep toes. You gotta no. have fishnets with a closed toe. Even, like, I feel like you can only wear fishnets with shoes that go above the ankle. Otherwise, oh. you kind of look like a prostitute. Oh, that's what it is. Right? I figured it out. You figured it out. I found the crystal shard. <laughs> I'm really proud of you. You've grown so much. <laughs> Figuring out where we can wear fishnets. I got it all figured out. It's ankle boots. Yeah. Or higher. Ankle or higher. Ankle or higher. You're good okay. to go. Now we know. So once again, Beth took the opportunity at this point to pose nude on the cover of another magazine. Go for her. This time it was for a British fashion magazine called Love. There were plenty there was plenty of advertising for the magazine, which of course caused a commotion, but apparently the issue sold out almost immediately. 
This one also caused controversy, but it was a bit different this time. A lot of people didn't really take issue with the fact that a fat girl was on the cover, but instead were upset over the fact that apparently Beth was photoshopped to look bigger instead of smaller. And if you look at it, she was totally photoshopped to look bigger. That's so weird. But it was- I mean, I can't- no, I, I I am against Photoshop in any way. Yeah. Just let somebody be themselves. Because well, there is also a market for bigger women. Yeah. Well, apparently, um, Love's intentions in doing this weren't so great. They were trying to capitalize on the idea of having a bigger woman naked on their, on their magazine cover. They were trying to, like... Ride the coattails of NME. I was going to say, so was it NME had her this big, we're going to have her even bigger. Right. And meanwhile, Beth's thinking, why? Yeah, I think people really took issue with it because it was a, a magazine about fashion. So, of course, you know, they, they're riding the coattails of the NME uh, controversy. And that means they're going to sell magazines. Yeah, they're going to sell more. So, like fucking and then, gangbusters. And then the next issue is just going to be stick figure models again because it's a fashion magazine and that's what they do. Yeah. It's like we can allow one bigger woman on here just to sell some. Yeah. And this and was be their weird. this was their inaugurable an, inaugurable oh uh, <laughs> inaugurable in, inaugurable inaugural in your inaugurable. Yeah. Inarguable. In, inaugurable. Inaugural? Inaugural. In, inaugural. <laughs> Inaugural. <laughs> Fuck! We keep saying it worse. You know what? You know Cut what? this out. Cut no, this- no. Come for us. Because you know what? Hasn't you stopped what? you kids before. You know what? It was their very first issue. Oh, was it their first it was, issue? It was their very first Pre-mere, issue. Premiere, you might so, even say. <laughs> premiere. It was the premiere issue. I thought you said premiere issue. <laughs> We're fucking this up. Uh, um, anyway. But it was kind of appropriate that she posed for a fashion magazine that year because she also launched her first plus-size clothing line around the same time. Nice. She collaborated with the designers at the British store Evans, which, from what I gather, is kind of like the American J.C. Penny. Okay. Yeah. Um, at the time, they were looking to make a comeback as they were viewed as kind of fuddy-duddy. Oh. Like, it was like where your mom went to shop. It was pro. I'm thinking of it as probably where Rob Halford got that uh, pink satin shirt yes. that he borrowed from his sister in their yes. first, in their in Judas Priest's uh, first show. It probably is, though. That's adorable. Right? But her line was well-received well and sold well in stores and definitely sparked her interest in fashion. Nice. It was It was a pretty big boon for Evans. Like, oh. it kind of brought them back out of the brink of obscurity. Unlike Sears. Unlike Sears. <laughs> Sorry, Sears. Even the Kardashians couldn't save Sears. Rip Sears. Yeah. But not really. Sears kind of sucked. Yeah. I wasn't in love with Sears. I never went there for anything. I got and apparently tired. nobody else did I got tires there once and then paid off that credit card and never fucking went back. Yeah, because they fucking rip you off. Oh, yeah. Soon enough, Beth became a fashion icon on a Lady Gaga scale. Yeah. Frankly, I think she looks better than Lady Gaga does half the time because I love Lady Gaga, but my problem with her is that she always looks half finished. She always looks like there's always something off, like her makeup is weird 
or there's something off about her outfit. Like she was, she's always running late and just like fuck something up before she leaves the house. Oh, see, now you just made me like her even more. Yeah. Like, because now I'm like, oh, but I know that feel girl where you're like, oh, I just didn't have enough time to do my hair. So I'm going to do this real quick. And like, you can tell that I meant yeah. to do something else. Yeah. Like, I really wanted to install this lace front wig properly, but I didn't have enough time, so now it's kind of weird. But now, I wonder if she just did it a couple times, and now she's just like, well, this is my thing now. Maybe. Maybe she does it on purpose. I don't know. I bet she does. I feel like Gaga She's got to do it on purpose. I wouldn't be surprised if it was, I fucked this up a couple times. Now I gotta go with it. It's just my thing. Yeah. But it it still kind of bothers me because I'm... I'm OCD that way. <laughs> Whereas I'm like the total opposite. I'm like, yo, girl, I'm always late too. I feel that. I feel that. Got you. Got you wore you. the wrong tights because you were just grabbing whatever out of the drawer. You didn't have time to turn the light on. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> but Beth is adventurous with her clothes and always wears the clothes that make people say fat girls shouldn't wear that. Right. Which we talked about before. Right. Which I totally admire her for. Good for you. She doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. And most of the time I don't really give a fuck either. But there's some things that I just won't wear because I know not that I wouldn't look good. It's just that I would be so uncomfortable that I know people would know that I'm uncomfortable. And then you can't pull it off. Yeah. There's a difference between saying, I don't want to wear this because I feel uncomfortable and saying... I know this isn't super flattering on me, but I really like it, so I don't give a fuck. Right. There's a total difference. Yeah, there's a big difference. But soon enough, Beth was mingling with top fashionistas, mostly in Europe. She and Kate Moss became Biffles, and she opened and closed a spring 2011 Jean-Paul Gaultier runway show at Paris Fashion Week. Huh. She ran, she walked the runway. Twice. 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 And she walked down with uh, Jean-Paul Gaultier, and he was wearing a gossip shirt. Oh, nice. So, actually, was it Jean-Paul Gaultier that, um... Oh, girl, no. Don't even ask me. Don't even ask me. Because I will not know. I'm not going to go into it. (laughs) Fashion in me is like, boo. But there were... But there, of course, was one notably bad misstep on Beth's part during all of this fashionista hoopla. The Jean-Paul Gaultier thing, I'm I'm going to have to look it up, but I'm pretty sure he was convicted of something really bad. I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> but that's not what I'm he talking about. <laughs> was convicted of something really bad. Yeah. And basically, like, ousted from his post. But anyway, it's not what I'm talking about. Right yes. now I'm talking about Karl Lagerfeld. Oh. She was photographed many times with Karl Lagerfeld, who is the lead designer at Chanel, and claimed to be very good friends with him. And if you... Like, you, that sounds so familiar. You may have seen pictures of him, because he's everywhere. He's a total fucking weirdo. Okay. He looks like if... Old Billy Idol and George Washington had a baby. He's so fucking weird. He has, like, the weird, like, bright white hair. Okay. Always pulled back into a ponytail in a very George Washington kind of way. Okay. And always has, wears gloves. 
and Ooh, that's weird. like a high necked white shirt with a black jacket over it, all black and very serious looking and pursed lips and oh, just very snooty. Like okay, fashion snoo is just fashion snoo. Fashion snoo. Potentially also a good band name. Fashion snoo. Fashion snoo. I like it. I think personally, it's pretty ironic. That they were hanging out together, considering Karl Lagerfeld is a fat, shaming piece of shit. Right. He's a total garbage person. <laughs> he famously said, quote, no one wants to see round women on the ru- on the catwalk. Why the fuck was he friends with her then? This is what I don't understand. I don't get it. He also said, in response to a German magazine, Brigitte, only using real women as cover models, quote, these are fat mummies sitting with their bags of crisps in front of the television saying that thin models are ugly. <sighs> Among many other fat shaming things. He called Adele fat. He like, and I don't understand. But granted, you can't really tell in any of the pictures of him and Beth together if he's enjoying himself or not because he has no facial expressions. <laughs> His facial expression is just constant stank face. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. And cool, cool, like, cool. Like, German stoic stank face. Ooh. You know what I mean? Somehow even worse. Yeah. He's a, he's a garbage person. He sounds like a terrible. garbage person. But I don't think they're friends anymore, thank God. So while she was becoming more recognizable in Europe, back home in the U.S., the gossip was much less of a deal. They were also living pretty separate lives. Although Beth and Nathan had been friends for nearly 20 years, they didn't really hang out together or see each other very much. Well, it sounds like she got pretty busy with fashion yeah, and socializing she was doing, and Yeah, all that she was stuff. doing a ton of shit with the fashion industry and kind of like rubbing elbows with the rich and famous and right. all that shit. Which is fine. She, they, she earned it. They earned it. Yeah. I mean, arguably, he probably could have done the same thing. Right. But he chose not to. Right. Which and is fine. And that's fine, too. Yeah. So they were, they didn't really see each other much. Not like they used to back in the early aughts, anyway. But they were still writing and making music as best they could, living in different sides of the country. Of course. Because he was living, I believe he was still living in Arkansas. And she was, at that point, living in Portland, Oregon. In May 2012, the Gossip released their final album called A Joyful Noise. It had mixed reviews and didn't do as well as their previous album, but the year before, Beth dipped a toe into what would end up becoming a pretty decent solo career and released her self-titled EP. Yes. I did listen to that today. It's real good. Yeah. And she released a single off of it called I Wrote the Book, which was really good. Really good. Very nice dance number. Deviating quite a bit from the gritty punk sounds of the gossip, she lays out her dance and pop influences pretty clearly in this EP, mm-hmm. and it came out to pretty positive reviews. It only had four songs on it, but it really was a nice little capsule of Beth Ditto. Yeah. It was a very good representation of her in only four songs. At that point, anyway. Yeah. Because she was leaning heavily on the electro-pop dance songs. Oh, her... But at the same time, I feel like her EP is, and I think she might have done a single around that time as well for somebody, they were perfect for the time. Oh, definitely. She was very aware of what the sound of pop music was at the time, and so she knew how to make the sound. I think that's true for her whole music career. Right. Because in the late 90s, 
she moved to the hotbed of indie punk and and the tail end of grunge. Like she knew that was a the good place to yeah. be if you wanted to make it in the music industry. And then in the early aughts, it was when um, gay rights started becoming really a thing mm. and people started really advocating for that. And that was the perfect time to get her voice out there in support of the gay community. And then in the 2000 teens or whatever the fuck you call it. Yeah, right. Like <laughs> that's 2000 when, teens? Yeah. And like in the, in the early, in the late aughts is a good time to have uh, gay positive dance numbers. Right. Because definitely people it, are going to those clubs and that's what they want to hear. Yeah. Even fucking straight people were going to those clubs because yeah. the music was better. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, music at a gay club, nine times out of ten, way better. I always get disappointed when I go to a gay club. I'm like, oh, the music's not great. (laughs) What happened? Right. Right. But the writing was kind of on the wall for the gossip. Mm. And Beth confirmed in 2016 that the band had broken up. Beth wanted to explore fashion more and also wanted to see how she'd fare with a solo career since her EP was so well received just a few years before. Hannah and Nathan also had other projects lined up. But it was Nathan that had a pretty interesting twist to his storyline. I think I know this. Apparently, he became a born-again Christian mm-hmm. at some point in th- in this timeline, which pretty severely impacted his relationship with Beth. Right. He moved back to their hometown in Arkansas, far away from the gay-friendly world where they were living in mm-hmm. while in the gossip. This put a huge strain on their relationship, and Beth even said that he became everything that they were running from back in the day when they first started the gossip. Right. Because how can you, an out and proud lesbian and supporter of the queer community, be in a band with a born-again Christian who really represents everything that you're against? Right, because I don't think I've yet heard of a born-again Christian who said, I'm a born-again Christian, but the gays are okay. Yeah. I mean, every born-again Christian I've ever met has been real hardcore. Real hardcore. Like, more hardcore than people that grew up in the church and still practice um, it. And I don't know if you... I Maybe you know this, maybe you don't. I didn't look into this. I thought Nathan was gay. I thought so, too, but I guess not. I guess not. Or maybe you took it back? I don't know. <laughs> Is that something you can... I, t- I mean, yeah, I guess hey, you if, could. I guess if you you're a born-again Christian, you take, take it, it back. all back. I take all those dicks I sucked. I take them back. I take Into back. my mouth. <laughs> yup. Yup. Woke dick jokes. There, our first one, finally. I, I gave it to you. Thanks. Woke dick jokes. <laughs> but I do understand that. I do understand... How she felt. Because she said that when she, I think, from what I've gathered, she's, I don't know if she's like an atheist or an agnostic, but she's non-religious from what I've gathered. And he's gone super religious. If somebody you've known for about 20 years takes a hard right turn and it's not where you want to go. Right. It's not only hard to try and follow them and understand what they're doing, but it's hard to reconcile yourself that person you've known for this long isn't really the same person anymore yeah i i understand and you know it's it's a breakup in itself honestly it's its own kind of breakup of just this we aren't the same people anymore and we were together for all these years and now we don't have that yeah 
And granted, um, in several interviews, she said that she doesn't hold any ill will towards him and he didn't do anything bad towards her, apparently. But it was just such a hard left turn that it wasn't going to work anymore. And they still talk, but, you know, still send jokes back and forth to each other, but it's... It's not the same as it used to be, and the band is never going to work. Yeah, I mean, you're a band that has a song called Men in Love, and it's about men being in love with men. I highly doubt he can work on songs like that anymore. Well... You know, there's so many queer positive songs, like, it it has to be hard on him. So, from a creative standpoint, yeah, trying to make that partnership work. And and now he's got to double down on those Hail Marys, because... Oh, man. I don't know. I don't think Baptists have to do the Hail Marys the way the Catholics do. Is he a Baptist? I don't know. I don't... Born again? Born agains are usually some... <sighs> born again Christians, I kind of categorize with Baptists. And you know what? Please, if I am wrong, you can totally correct me. I yeah. welcome it because I'm not super knowledgeable in this. Mm-hmm. But from what I gather, it's kind of just that very, very Jesus <laughs> I just thought they were just, like, super gung-ho, period. Mega-Jesus. <laughs> but Baptists, I think, are pretty mega-Jesus, too. I, again, please, if I am wrong, you can 100% message us or whatever, email us, and let us know, because I am fine with being corrected on this. I mean, religion is not my forte. And I've so. never been to the South. <laughs> so, well, then we just don't know. We don't know. We don't know. Tell us. <laughs> So these days, Beth is busy working on her solo career, which seems to be doing pretty well. Mm. She recently released her first full-length solo album called Fake Sugar to positive reviews. It's real good. And it's fantastic. Real good. Yes. It's super good. I highly recommend it. It's it's pretty different. Yeah. But it still has like classic Beth Ditto in there but she describes it as kind of a soul meets dolly parton collaboration okay which pulls from her southern roots and her original influences of soul and r&b singers nice so i think it marries pretty well that that um alt country kind of thing that's going on now but also the dance aspects of the gossip and her, her um ep it's, it definitely has a pop feel, but not in a shitty pop way. In an indie pop way. I would definitely categorize it as indie pop. Yeah. It's, and it's really introspective. I, again, listened to a couple interviews, and I know that she also had gotten divorced, I believe, yeah. in 2015. Uh, two of the biggest influences on this album were her marriage and breakup. Mm-hmm. Um, because she got married. A lot of the inspiration for the album was from her breakup with her ri- wife, Kristen Ogata, mm. whom she had married in 2013. That's it. And then they shortly afterwards broke up. Wow. Okay. I think maybe it must have been 2015 ish. Yeah, 2015. 2014, they 2015. they were together for a very long time, but they were only married for a very short time. Interesting. So, th- which seems to be a thing. Like, if you're in a relationship for a really long time mm-hmm. and then you get married, it's like like that. You're just divorced. Yeah. It's weird. But I think this is also a good example of her influences on what's popular mm. and using that as a way to do her own kind of thing while still b- being 
while still incorporating her original influences because the the whole alt country Dolly Parton and Loretta Lynn and that mm. kind of like Nashville influence is really popular right now. Yeah. It's a thing even Miley Cyrus is doing it. Taking that and kind of mixing it with her her own background and her southern roots and everything is a pretty good description I think of her yeah her album but she she actually has at least one song about her relationship with Nathan and she actually describes it as a breakup yeah of sorts. definitely and that I know that that played a huge part in this album as well and it was funny because then after listening to these interviews and then I listen to the album I'm like oh there it is Yep. Oh. <laughs> and it is kind of rampant throughout the album. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But yeah, I mean, this album is, it's, it's, it's interesting because she really does let you into her life with it. But then it's got some tasty jams too. Like Fire makes me feel Fire like, is a I'm a fierce song. bitch. Yeah. I'm fucking badass. She actually didn't want to have that song on oh the album. God, it's so good. It's fantastic. And it was actually her single and she didn't even want to release it as a single either. Yeah, she's so good. I I read an interview and she's like, I'm really terrible with deciding what (laughs) songs to put on the album and what songs to release as singles because I didn't even want that song on the album. So clearly I should not be making these decisions. (laughs) Oh, super cute. But that's pretty much it. Nice. And she's, yeah, she's going on tour soon, I think. If she's not on tour already. I know she went on tour a little bit at the end of last year, but she's definitely one of those artists we're going to have to go to like New York City to go see. Oh, yeah, definitely. She'll never come up here. So I'm fine with that. We can go to the city. I'm actually, I'm kind of disappointed because the gossip, as far as I can recall, is one of the only bands that I was really into in college that I never went to see live. Oh, and you were really close to the city. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe I did and I just don't remember. But I'm pretty sure I never saw them live. I'm just impressed with how many shows you've seen in college. I didn't see shit. God. Because I'm a so lazy many. slacker. Every fucking weekend. Hey, you know what else there is to know about Beth Ditto that you didn't mention? Hmm. She is a Pisces. <laughs> sorry. So sorry. Just, you know, Pisces represent... We're good peeps. <laughs> that makes Fucking sense, though. It she's, does, though. She's got feelings. She's got weird feelings. <laughs> Although she arguably... She's super cusp, though, because she's February 19th. So mm. she's got some strong Aquarius in One her. One day before Kurt Cobain. Oh. Yeah. I wonder if she felt that kindred spirit to him. Maybe. Maybe. They're both cusps. <sighs> cusps are weird. Little cuspies. Or weird fuckers. <laughs> There's a lot of famous Pisces people out there. Yeah. You know um, who else was a famous Pisces? John Wayne Gacy. Oh, boy. He was born on my... Charismatic. He is very charismatic. Charismatic as fuck. Yeah, that's a word for it. (laughs) That's what you want to go with. That's that's a way to explain that right there. And on that note... (laughs) Oh, my God. But I'd like to think in closing, after you started covering her and I was listening to interviews, I'm like, I need to be more like Beth Ditto. Like, I just need we to could fucking aspire to be more like her. We could all definitely benefit from being more like Beth Ditto. Yeah. Absolutely. Be more accepting of other people and yourself. Yeah. Period. Yeah. There you go. That's all you gotta do. That's all you gotta do. You just gotta, you know, find your chill. And, like, when you... The next time you look in the mirror and you're like, I'm fat or my face is stupid or whatever you think, just be like, hold up. 
you're fine. You just think you look great. People, you know what? Who cares what people think of you? Do you like you? You just think WWBDD. What would Beth Beth Ditto do? do? And she said, I look good. (laughs) I love me. That's mm-hmm. take some lipstick, write it on your mirror, and be like, and then you're repeat, good, honey. Then repeat it back to yourself in a very southern accent. Oh, I can't do that, I don't think. Yeah, y'all look real good now, you hear? <laughs> y'all look so good. Oh just, my god, I'm just, the worst at this. <laughs> maybe you should change your shoes because you're wearing fishnets and <laughs> don't wear you need something above the ankle. <laughs> So if you're going to get anything out of this episode, the next time you wear fishnets, it's got to be above the ankle. Um, Shoes must be above the ankle and not up to the thighs. Oh, so there's a limit. There is a limit. So it's ankle to knee. You you can go above the knee. I like that. Ankle to above the knee. But not to the thigh. thigh. Girl, I can't wear thigh highs anyways. Neither can I. No. Well, my, your thigh my highs thighs would go to your hips. My <laughs> thigh highs for me are like, They would just oh, be no. fucking waiters that fishermen <laughs> yeah. wear. I may as well just wear fishermen's waiters. My legs are like, no, these aren't going above your knees. What are you doing? <laughs> what? I can't wear thigh highs because my thighs already rub together. Ugh. I well, have actually no. stopped that. I have a pair of thigh highs that I bought last year and they actually look really good and they do kind of rub together, but if I unzip them a little bit then it's fine. Are they really knee highs? No, they are legit <laughs> thigh highs. <laughs> I'm short, I know. I know. It's all right though. I wish I was shorter. It's fine. Don't worry about it. But you know, no, you know, you know, what? you know, I am beautiful the way I am and it's all good. So, I like me. I'm just like Skilo. I wish I was a little bit taller. Do you wish you were a baller? I wish I had a girl who looked good. Would you call her? I would call her. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good spot to end it on. <laughs> All right, kids. Thanks for listening to Rock Candy like you do every week because you're a faithful, wonderful listener. Because you're or maybe you're fucking just, fantastic. Or maybe you're just in it for the first time because you think Beth Ditto is cool. In which case, welcome. And I hope you continue to enjoy Beth Ditto. Also, listen to our other episodes because they're pretty good. They are pretty good. We do a good job. I like to yeah. think we do anyway. Yeah. And if you really like us, you can follow us on the things like Facebook and Instagram at Rock Candy Podcast and Twitter at Rock Candy Pod. And you can also just visit our website at www.rockcandypodcast.com where you can comment on episodes or drop us an email, whatevs. We make it really easy. We make it real easy. And, you know whatever you do you but like also follow us it's fine (laughs) you can do both (laughs) subscribe to us on the things like apple Podcasts or stitcher or google play or tune in and maybe drop us reviews reviews are cool too again you do you but like reviews are cool (laughs) i'm trying to make it real like low-key low pressure but we need your acceptance and adulation we kind of want to poke you in the side repeatedly until you do it hey Man, all right, so tune in next week. We're going to go to um, a wacky month where we're basing all of our episodes yeah. on beers as opposed to basing our beers on episodes. Because yeah. shit is hard sometimes, kids. And sometimes you walk into the fucking beer store and you're like, that beer is already ready for an episode. Let's go. Yeah. Um. So get ready for that. We uh, 
Every time I go into the beer store now, it's like, oh, this one would be great for this episode. Oh, this one is after this band that we could do an episode on. Oh, this one also is is named after the Beatles. Oh, great. We already did that. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Also, cool. can I find any beer with these fucking buzzwords on them? No? Okay. I'll great. guess I'll just fucking infer everything then. It's Whatever. Fine. It's, it's fine. fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> we work real hard to make you guys happy. It's stressful being in the beer store. I don't think you guys give a fuck what our beers are, but I do. <laughs> I I put way too much stock into what beer I get. Oh, I do too. It's really... It's... Guys... We put a lot of pressure on ourselves at the beer store. <laughs> the beer men think we're weird. Yes. They see us walking like, oh, this is a lady who takes 20 years to find a fucking beer. Yeah. I mm. def- And I dragged Mike into the beer store yesterday with me. And he, he even tried. He even tried. And they bless no. his heart. No. Bless Ooh. their hearts. But no. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know. <laughs> you just don't. And your Mike knows more than mine. So it's real hilarious when mine tries. But does he? <laughs> I think so. Maybe. Sure. We'll go with that. We'll anyway, with let's that. end anyway. the shit. All right. Wrapping <laughs> it up. With that, party on, Ashley. Party on, Maggie. Party on, you crazy kids out there. Bye. Bye.